Hello. Welcome to the morning show, where every day is like a spring morning with Dick in the Eye by Matt Lauer. Oh, my good old Dick in the Eye. You should have to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That got a little better. Yeah. Kay. It's not as bad as it was, but there's still a little bit of something going on there. All right, I got my ear holes back in. How about me? Is everything good on my end? Yeah, you sound fine. Oh, I'm amazing. Well, we already knew that. <laughs> cat, cat, that's a cord. Cat, nope. <laughs> He's like walking by with his tail in the air and he keeps like pulling on my head, my headset cord. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come and annoy the shit out of you. Speaking of annoying the shit out of you, how crazy is it? How is it at the big box store? Holy fuck. Yeah. When did it start? It started, it really started getting, picking up on like Thursday and then Friday was like the big crescendo. It's been, yeah. it's been, it's, it's been picking up for a couple weeks now. It's, it's definitely been like a lot busier overall. Then all of a sudden like Friday hit and in the first 30 minutes we had 600 people through the door. But wow. mind you, that is not actual number of people because they only count the cards so the every person they see that walks by with a card they they do a little tick oh right and so that's it you know parties of at least two usually right so we probably had over a thousand people and then once people were going to check out the lines went from the registers all the way to the back of the store where the meat is at where we're at the deli and whatnot yeah so they ran the entire length of the store and they're down all the major thoroughfares of just people trying to check out that's so crazy yeah. And what were they buying? Toilet paper? <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're buying toilet, toilet paper, paper, water, bleach, bleach, paper towels. Bleach, yeah. So people can create a, you use, you dilute bleach with a little bit of water and you have a great bleach solution, which is great for uh, sanitizing things. Oh, okay. Not your body. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> Unless you like to feel the fats in your body melt in your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it has just been, they'd like, they automatically, they like authorized 12 hours. If you want to stay 12 hours, you can get a bunch of OT. Oh, yeah, Every, right. Everyone's working like six day work weeks. And <sighs> it is just, it's, it's pandemonium. Although I did get some free toilet papers and a paper towel and a Starbucks gift card today for surviving this storm with the company <laughs> oh, that's, that's like, good which is funny because i was like well i I'll, I'll take the extra supplies but there's like i already I already had this because you know i was prepared i was prepared <laughs> you know i live in the country i'm i'm, I'm i have to be prepared for when shit goes off yeah right it's not as easily accessible yeah i always come prepared yeah, to be prepared this lesson must be shared this lesson must be shared to be prepared that's the thing I keep saying. I was like, don't you people have this stuff already on hand because we live in an earthquake area? <laughs> like, be prepared. This lesson must be shared. This lesson must be shared. Be prepared. Well, you, you know what's <laughs> funny is we normally buy the big packages of toilet paper and we were down to like the last two small packages and... We were really practical about everything that was going on, but there was a couple of news events that I was like, "No, we gotta, we gotta get on this a little bit." So we we went out and bought extra cat litter. We bought extra cat food. Water we have mm. on tap, and we don't live in Michigan, and we don't live in Washington Heights. So if it does go shit skis, we can boil it. Yeah. Uh, but we do have water here at the house. 
But yeah, we went to get the toilet paper and it was it was all gone. So I thought, well, we'll get a bulk pack of generic Kleenexes and kind of figure it out. And then at some point when we walked back around Target, there was our toilet paper specifically on the end cap. And it was $2 more than normal. It's like $17.99 a pack. Now, we get like the creme de la creme of toilet paper. We're aware of that. Only the finest for my booty. <laughs> Gotta treat that booty. That's <laughs> just, you know, like lint and things like that. I mean, some people buy $5,000 bags, $200 shoes. We get nice toilet paper. But one of the Stepford wives in the the neighboring town was like oh my god you're paying 22 dollars for that toilet paper and i was like that's right yep <laughs> my ass is nice what does yours look like lady <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because i went like a couple weeks ago when i saw that the, the, you know people were starting to panic i was like okay well toilet paper is going to become an issue so i went and got myself a bidet off of amazon one of those like <laughs> kits you could just install in a normal toilet. Right. It was like 30 bucks. I had it in like two days, took 10 minutes to set up. And oh my God, it's a life-changing experience. <laughs> <It's> all- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used it before, but I should be able to use one consistently. Now it's like, oh, my butt doesn't smell terrible at the end of the day. Public service announcement. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I mean, it's better. sat down and it sounded like my seat exploded sorry it was my mom's texting me because the um, speaking of the virus they they just announced today you know they're closing bars across the state and they're recommending and asking for people over 65 to um stay indoors and self-quarantine and uh, my parents are over 65 so i was telling my mom that because i I saw it just when i got home and i'm like "Uh, i don't she probably won't see it till tomorrow so i'll just let them know (laughs) right no she won't see it till she's out and about and someone's like you you're over 65 what are you doing (laughs) you gray-haired person get out of here yeah 65 and older they're like nope yes isolate yourself and stay indoors that's kind of crazy. Yeah, because they're the, they're the most at risk. And the other thing um, Gavin Newsom is pushing to do is uh, they're going to start using empty hotels and uh, trailers and stuff like that. And they're going to try to get the homeless into shelters so they don't spread oh, it as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, that was actually... Oh, um, that's a good reason to decide to house them. I know. Yeah. Finally help the homeless. Oh, because there's that virus outbreak and they could be vectors. Let's finally put them <laughs> somewhere where they'll be out from the elements. It's kind of fucked up that uh well that's just going to be temporary so don't get used to it guys sorry hope you had fun adios man yeah i don't it's not a great set of circumstances that's for sure yeah i mean it's i feel like a lot of the panic is unwarranted because a lot of it can be done by just very practical things they've already talked about washing your hands social distancing if you're sick you isolate you stay home it's like these are yeah. things that should just be common practice during flu season, but people just don't have common enough sense. And um, I would agree with that to a certain degree. But like I was telling my grandma and my great aunt Dorothy the other day, who were so proud that they outlived polio and TB, is that we didn't start the mitigation process soon <laughs> enough. They live through it. They're going to live through it again. But it's like, yeah, well, well, that's not well, how she's like, immunity works. I'm like, well, yeah, but how old were you when you lived through TB and polio? 
It's not like it just happened yesterday. You're old now. Yeah, exactly. So. (laughs) Yeah, she pushed back on me quite a bit. She really just kind of thought I was being melodramatic. And I rest assured I'm not, but I am paying more attention to the facts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's one of those things like, yeah, yes, it's something we really need to pay attention to and be aware of and keep ahead of it. But it's not to the point where the we all need to freak out and buy all the toilet paper and be hoarding it and selling it for seven dollars yeah. a roll on the side of the road, which people have already been caught doing, and it's just ridiculous. Like, really, you're taking away from the people that are most vulnerable, like the elderly and the young, that don't have access to these supplies because you want to try to make a profit. I mean, according to Greenpeace and like the Sierra Club, if everything goes to shit, everybody needs to learn how to shit with their butt cheeks spread. Yep. Just eat more corn oil and it'll just go right out wow chips it'll make that exact noise <laughs> just, oh, I'm pooping. God, it's, it's done already <laughs> i got diarrhea <laughs> i barely got my phone out i thought it that was whistle. my members only jacket <laughs> oh but tyler before our internet all crapped out no pun intended <laughs> you said you got a bidet i did get a bidet when we were in europe our first hostel in italy had um a bidet and I used it to shave my legs because <laughs> it was the perfect height and the water yeah. shot up and I rinsed myself and it was great. That's an unexpected use of that, but I'm impressed. That's uh, resourceful. <laughs> but the mental image is just shaving your leg, turning on a bidet, just to hose it off with your foot on the toilet. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, it's like Alton Brown says with kitchen utensils. Don't just get a one-use utensil. you got to find multiple use <laughs> for it. Everything has to have multiple uses. Well, in mine's a fountain that if I ever get really thirsty in the middle of the night, <laughs> walk in and turn it on. That's have, the visual I want. Right. <laughs> you have exactly like a little cat <laughs> as it goes by. It's a bubbly. That's really funny. I mean, it sure beats a pitcher of water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always great getting invited over to your Muslim's friend's house for dinner, and then dinner makes a comeback. Like, oh, just a pitcher of water. Fuck. Yeah, like, I don't know. Are we the only culture that wipes our bums? We're one of the very few, yeah. It's it's very common in a lot of other parts of the world. It's just, American, for some reason, is just like, oh, we're just going to take a piece of paper and smear some shit around on our butthole. Well, yeah. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what you're doing. You're <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's not a very effective. It's like, it's like I, I remember what you described once. It's like, imagine trying to clean a dirty plate, holding it <laughs> under a table with a paper cloth, and then see how clean it is when you pull it back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, all right, well, I, I guess I'm not going to wipe my butt anymore. <laughs> yep. You should totally just give up. Because I'm free. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to find some way to clean your butt, but... Oh, but, damn. <laughs> but, but... I was just going to give butt, up altogether. <laughs> I'm just done with this whole clean butthole thing. Hashtag team dirty butthole. My uh, sort of stepdad used to say, hey, why is your poop tapered at the end? I was like, I don't know. He's like, so your asshole don't slam shut. <laughs> God, he's such a genius. (laughs) Tanya, you want to tell the other poop story he had? Poop, poop stories. Poop, poop, poop stories. 
Do we want to attempt our fuck Mary kill? Oh yeah. So um, in uh, for our fuck Mary kill this month, in honor of the uh, complete and utter uh, shit show that 2020 has been already, would you rather fuck Mary and or or I guess or kill not and or <laughs> the Australian fires? The Iran escalation with uh, the war and whatnot, and then the, them shooting down an airline. Yeah, I count that as one because that was a whole, whole oh, sorted a whole thing going on at the same time. Shit show. And then lastly, the good old COVID nineteen virus. Hmm. Tanya, you want to roll this one off? Oh, I killed myself. Oh, I killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> I choose option four: suicide. <laughs> So what are my options? I can I can burn in the bush. Yep. Do you want to fuck an Austra- fuck Mary or kill Australian fires? Or do you want to fuck Mary kill? A I mean, it does sound Iran? hot. Some like it mm-hmm. hot. Do you want to fuck all of Iran? <laughs> um, <laughs> or do you want to fuck a virus or kill it or marry it? Oh my god! I definitely want to be in a gangbang with Iran because I would imagine that their understanding of pornography is the equivalent of like a thirteen-year-old from like the fucking seventies. <laughs> god, doesn't that sound? I, I mean, I might as well be a baby seal getting clubbed on the beach. Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is awful. These are my options. Yep. I know. I kind of want to go back to Tina, Heron, and Connie. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking crystal nope. meth looks pretty good right now. I mean, I like koala bears, but we're we're we're, we're fuck marrying killing uh, abstract concepts and events. <laughs> Have you seen the video of the koala bear getting into a fight with another koala bear and like blocking traffic? No. <laughs> oh, hold on. It, Sounds it's... amazing though. Right. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Go take your beef elsewhere. Check out these two handsome guys. They're so cute. They're like little sumo wrestlers. I know. It's, it's like they're just like doing look grappling. At the balls, look at the ball of fur blowing around. This is like when our girls fight each other. <laughs> look, man. They're like fucking throwing down. Come on, boys. We have some business to take care of. Look at their butts. <laughs> Only in Australia. Only in Australia. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you here till you say uncle. <laughs> uncle. 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 Ah, you like. I love those people just standing there watching. He's <laughs> like, huh. There's a little leg up there. Look at all the fur. They're so tired. Can't give up. Let's hope they can sort out their differences soon. Who do you think is Roy? Roy. 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 Oh, for God's sake. Oh, for God's sake. That's really funny. So you're going to fuck Australia? I don't know. I'm still in. I'm still undecided. But I do feel like I have more in common with the koala bear and the dodo bird and any other species of animal that's extinct or going to be. <laughs> Hooray! They're resilient little fuckers. There's yep. a lot of them that are pulling through thanks to 
the dedication of the people there and yeah, all the kangaroos and yep, people actually stepping in and doing the right thing. <coughs> Sorry, coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> it's a dry cough. <laughs> it's definitely not dry. <laughs> now that's a cool thing about the Australian fires is everyone taking care of the wallabies and yeah, yeah. It's like except for the government. Except for the government. Yeah, they kind of aren't doing a great job, are they? I mean, I was just hoping that as I went down the koala bear path, I could think of something. <laughs> But nothing came. Dry as a popcorn fart. Well, who do you want to marry? None of these. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, Uh, what are my options again? Australian fires, Iran, and COVID, a.k.a. Corona. Fires, explosions, or disease. (laughs) You know, the way civilization works is nothing risked, nothing gained. You know, I'm middle-aged. Yeah, so if I marry the virus and I survive and the statistic population that's most likely going to pass away thanks to our negligence is probably going to open up some real estate options for me and the stock market is tanking. So I think I might be able to buy a square of land here in California that's not scorching hot or you know, completely fucking undesirable. <laughs> so, man, fuck it. I'm going to roll with it, baby, and marry COVID. And, uh... Yeah! <laughs> Get a profit off all of those boomer deaths. <laughs> right? <laughs> the boomer plague. It's like, okay, boomer, die! <laughs> the boomers are calling the millennials fucking pussies, and they need to pull their heads out of their asses, and now the millennials are joking about the boomers, and they're like, that's fucking rude. That's uh, terrible. People are going to die from this, you know. It's like, yeah, we hope. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> We're just going to keep making memes about it. Deal with it. Mind. We'll I'll do the jokes. Well. And then, you know, I I fucking love Iranian food, and the mm. good people in Iran are so good, but the dicks are dicks. So I don't even know if I can fuck around with that. So that's too bad. <laughs> I'm gonna hang out with the koalas during a nice hot flash in the pan and <laughs> burn out. We burn together. There you go. It's better. What is it? Better to burn out than fade away. Yep. There you go. All right. So you're killing the uh, Iran, Marion. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, and in at least this way, I can say that I I side with our defunct, impeached, disgraced, incompetent president of the divided states. I think he'd be proud of that choice. Yay! <laughs> Not wrong. I think I'm going to marry the COVID virus because... What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, so... <laughs> but, you know, but if you... You're just stuck with it the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you coffee and all... dry cough for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry COVID. I'm gonna fuck me some hot Australian bush. <laughs> and I'm gonna just have to let 
the death happen and uh, kill the killed in Iran. <laughs> Straight up murder my Iran. Sorry, Iran. Man. Lo siento. I love <laughs> Iranian people, though. And I know. Food. Actually, I had a... My professor was Iranian, and she was really cool. So nothing against her, for sure. That's what they're going to say to us when they're sick of our shit. Nothing against you. <laughs> <laughs> nothing personal. <laughs> What's your amazing choice, inventor um, of this fuck, Mary kill? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it came to me in a vision the other day, and I was like, yes, <laughs> this is really going to fuck with you our heads. that one time I was like, you know, Bill Cosby, and everybody <laughs> right, was when we like, thought that no, was this be worse. fucking sucks. <laughs> That's when we thought nothing could get worse, Tanya. Yep. And clearly, just a tip of the iceberg. It was, it was like 2020. Was like, hold my beer. <laughs> like, just wait. I'm going to. I'm going to straight up kill the virus, Corona, because. You prefer How do you Heineken? take it out? Do you like jerk off and like rapid fire? Oh, well, you know what I do? Out? I use <laughs> I use the fires from Australia <laughs> that I'm gonna marry. <laughs> I'm gonna use the fire firepower that I, I I have harnessed from the Australian fires to cleanse the land of this disease. He's gonna right. do that with his ass in the air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> say it, don't spray it. Past that like, fire. Like, no, it's, it's gonna cool. say and spray. <laughs> yep. That's what the bidet's for. Yeah, that's actually my my long term uh, plan the whole time. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but I am doing it now. And you're gonna and you're gonna fuck the Iranians, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna fuck the Iranians. I have, I have nothing. That that whole escalation was just you're kind like, of a lot of stupid fucked, politics. But... And it's yeah, like right. it's like it's not most most you know not the country's fault. It's just their leadership and our leadership being <gasps> shitty. Are we? Right. But on the other hand. They did kill a ton of their protesters, and they did yeah. go around and kill a lot of men between the age of 25 and 18 here, like, just last year. So, there's that. Yeah. I'm not saying they're free of sin. I mean, look at our government. All right. We do that shit on the fucking down low, though. We don't disconnect the internet and go... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yet. Well, if the bill that's what's the bill that's going through, they're trying to push through the House and Senate right now, Congress, where they basically will be allowed to read and hear everyone's messages like unilaterally, and it's try, it's try, they're trying to push it through because no one's paying attention because everyone's freaking out about the virus. Oh, I did see convenient. that they're using that as a uh, security method, but the truth is, is that they're already doing it. They just needed to have it on paper that it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> they need so to get permission to do it. Now they can just straight up. The, the, what the bill is saying is they, they can just basically straight up do it whenever they like want an it. Ass in your face. Yep. Speaking of ass in your face, mm. <laughs> I just wanted to let you guys know because I know we're all very ass oriented. Yes. <laughs> 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 I, I know we're all uh, avid users of this app, but um, Grinder oh, yeah. is being sold. <laughs> no, gross. <laughs> to who? <laughs> I don't know. It says they're not disclosing who, but it's going to be sold for $608 million to a secret group of investors. So probably a bunch of closeted homos. I don't think so. It's probably some scary fucking weirdos. That sucks. Well, it says that basically the reason why it's being sold, because the sale was demanded by the U.S. government panel named the U.S. Committee of Foreign Investment in the United States, which led to concerns over ownerships. 
Many what? said those concerns revolved around personal data of Grinder users. And I thought to myself, who's actually putting personal data on Grinder? So how is that going to change if that changes hands? Well, now it's going to, I guess, going into, it says it's not immediately clear who the owners and investors of that group are, the San Vincent Acquisition LLC. But Reuters says, sources say that James Liu is one of the investors, and he was previously the executive of a Chinese search engine, Baidu. So it doesn't look like it's going to be any better protection. (laughs) That's crazy. That's as bad as, what is that other company, like Clear, I'll have to look it up, but it's an application that they're selling to the police departments that scans through all of the photos that are available on the internet. So Instagram, Facebook, 4chan, 8chan, Flickr, it goes through this database of photos and it can find photo. It's found photos that people didn't even realize existed. Hmm. Just you're in the background or, you know. Yeah. That's creepy. This is The Daily. So the pitch is that you can take a picture of a criminal suspect, put their face into this app and identify them in seconds. So I've been covering privacy for 10 years and I know that a technology like this in public hands is the nightmare scenario. This has been a tool that was too taboo for Silicon Valley giants who are capable of building it. You know, if this app were made publicly available, it would be the end of being anonymous in public. The company is called Clearview AI. And they say he's Vietnamese royalty, but he's from Australia. By this point, I had learned that over 600 law enforcement agencies had tried the app, including the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI. I talked to a retired police chief from Indiana, who was actually one of the first departments to use the app. And they solved a case within 20 seconds, he said. A case they hadn't been able to solve. That they hadn't been able to solve. But with Clearview, it could be a person wearing glasses or a hat or part of their face was covered or they were in profile. And the officers were still getting results on these photos. Wow. But the most astounding story I was told was that investigators had this child exploitation video and there was an adult who was visible in the video just for a few seconds in the background So they had this person's face. They had run it through their usual databases and not gotten anything back. Mm -hmm. But then they ran his face through Clearview's app, and he turned up in the background of someone else's gym selfie. Like, you could see his face in the mirror. And I asked them if they would run my photo through the app. Every time I did this, things would get weird. The officers would tell me that they ran my photo and there were no results. No pictures of you. There were no pictures of me, which was really weird because I have a lot of photos of myself online. And then officers would just stop responding to me or talking to me. And I had no idea what was going on until one officer was kind enough to explain to me. And uh, within a couple of minutes of you putting your photo up there, maybe five, less than ten, I got a phone call from the Clearview company. They wanted to know why I was uploading a New York Times reporter's photo. You know, very alarming because this is telling me for the first time 
that this company is able to monitor who law enforcement is looking for. It's the end of December when I get a call from the company's spokeswoman. And she says that the founder, Wonton Tat, is ready to talk. So, Kashmir, you finally got an interview with the founder of Clearview, this man named Wonton Tat. I love computers, obviously. Yeah, so how did you get interested in technology? Um, is that legal? Can you just take photographs from anywhere on the Internet and use them for this kind of thing? There was a ruling in a federal court this fall that said, yeah, this kind of public scraping seems to be legal. One thing that surprised me, some of the officers I talked to tried to run my photos through mm-hmm. it, and they got no hits. And I have, like, tons <laughs> of photos online. It must have been a bug. Did you guys block me from, like, getting results? I don't know about that. Because I was like, this doesn't make any sense. He said, oh, yeah, that was a software bug. But he laughed. Well, I was like, I have a thousand photos online. This can't work as well as they say it works. Yeah, well... It must have been a bug in the software. <laughs> Why, did you, Why did you do that? Don't <laughs> make me think that. Hey, maybe that. it doesn't work. You never know, right? This could be the long con. Yeah. So if it's that company, that's crazy because, I mean, Grinder's not for me. I'm a happily married woman. But, you know, if you want to get your fucking freak on, you should be able to do that and not have some sort of weird repercussion. That's crazy. Yep. That's not American. <laughs> America is an American. Right. But that's not true. That because it that's that's what they want us to believe. And the, the moment they begin getting everybody feeling that way, we're gonna lose a shit ton. It's so hard to get to where we're we're at and it's so quick to fucking lose. Yeah, well the thing is it's just the corporate oligarchy has taken over and no one seems to care. That's the problem. Corporations have run our government for a long time and we're basically just stripping civil liberties left and right. And no one stands up and does anything about it. I mean, you look at Hong Kong, how long they're still they're still protesting. They're still going. I mean, Elizabeth Warren does. Yeah, but at the same time, not much is changing. It's just getting worse and worse. Like, again, they're pushing this through. That's because they oppress the people that try to change mm-hmm. shit. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's totally what it is. It's because the, they're, they're complacent and they're happy and they got all the money and power. So they want to keep it that way. True, true. I just didn't think it would be a problem about your privacy data on Grindr because I'm not really sure who's actually using their real information on Grindr. Yeah, <laughs> don't no. you have to? I don't know how that app works. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to put you, you, none yeah, of your it's information. A, it's a, yeah, it's a free dating app. You don't even need to have a profile image. You could just be like, "I'm Bob. I'm here for this and that and the other. I don't like oh. this. I like." Long walks on the beach and uh, barbecued <laughs> ribs. And long <laughs> winkies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Preferably super thin, but extra long. I prefer the term humongous. <laughs> uh, that's that's awesome. You can be totally anonymous on it. So it's, unless you put like your face on there, then that, that again, the reverse image searching of uh, your face and... Yeah, right. Then that's what various it pictures a on the web. Yeah. Do a lot of people put their face on there, like next to a, like a tall boy beer can? Oh, hi, Samantha. You look more like a Heather. Do you ever get that? It's nice to finally meet you in person. Your Pete Nokia. Oh, the pick. That was actually a professional headshot. The pictures don't allow nudity. Actually, you can't like just post your a dick pic on your as your profile Damn picture. It. I just That'd like be beer. alarming. Maybe I'll scroll, scroll. Whoa, hello. Yep. 
<laughs> but yeah, like I, most people do put like their a face picture on there. If not, like you know, somebody just takes pops their pops their shirt off and does a flex or something. I was gonna say, if it's not their face, then it's probably somebody else's that they're pretending to be. <laughs> no, nope. a lot of people. You know, I think the guys who are like on the down low just keep their profile pictures empty. Right. That would suck though. So, like, what if you open the door and you're like, "Ooh, you got catfished." Yeah, catfish. <laughs> Which is a shitty thing a lot of people do. You know what i I read the other day? A very interesting statistic is that only like sixty nine percent of the male population washes their hands oh yeah i saw Ooh. that yeah and i was like really <laughs> but you hold your your peter <laughs> yeah you know and i thought to myself no wonder you guys get your shit circumcised you dumb fucks you can't even keep your own fucking peckers clean why would we think you could wash your hands what the fuck <laughs> hey I, I, i'm uncircumcised and um i keep mine clean it's not hard it's literally just roll back oh, the foreskin you clean on yeah, it and, yeah, it's done. I understand. <laughs> and i feel i feel bad for guys because it like kind of screws up their sex life and all these things because they can't be responsible for keeping their hands and dick clean well that yeah. was the thing i've i've been making um a lot of notices due to the the virus and it's like wash your hands before and after you use the time clock and they're like wash your hands after you go to the bathroom and i was like uh should we be washing our hands before we go to the bathroom because no not in fermented smegma mcgee he's like you have potential and you have potential to get my diseases that's gross dirty dirty ah the heartwarming cool of a newborn baby Actually, that crying is the result of the most common surgery performed in America. Sadly, this is even more common than the tit job, circumcision. It happens to over 60% of newborn male babies in the U.S. One million times a year, 3,000 times a day, once every 26 seconds, a newborn baby boy has the tip of his penis cut off. <laughs> Truth is, most people don't even know what a circumcision is. We turn to the father of foreskin, a pediatrician who's cut more wieners than Oscar Mayer. Well, a circumcision is, is removal of the foreskin. Dr. Edgar Schoen, pediatrician. Oh, it's tough not to make fun of that bow tie, but hey, we are here to make dick jokes. The foreskin is a uh, area of skin that is on the tip of the penis. Here's the clamp they use in the circumcision. Looks kinda sorta like a stapler. Kinda, sorta. And here's another, and another, and some other really scary shit. But a doctor would never hurt a child. I mean, you know, unless the little bastard keyed his bends. Even though the infant feels this pain, uh, the infant recovers very quickly. Oh, that's a relief. It seemed like that little baby was crying his ass off. Like somebody just cut off the head of his cock. What it's the reason it. my son isn't circumcised was because he was born at three in the morning and they were going to do it the next day. And when I brought, I had held him and I, I loved him. I looked at him in the face. If they were going to do it right away, I'd like, take him, like, cut him. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to have a weird dick. But now, the next day, they're like, all right, we're going to take him now. And I mean, I had fucking hung out with him. You know, we, you know, he was my son. I loved him at that point so much. You must have I taken him to a strip club already. And my chick had also implanted in my mind all of these baby circumcision videos where she made me watch. And it's a Good fucked up her. thing, dude. Good yeah, for yeah. her. It's terrible. It's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a barbaric practice that people only do because it was done to them and because you feel like it's part of tradition. Now. I agree. They have these bullshit stories about like, oh, help, uh, HIV test. Shut up. 
You're not uh, getting less you know or more from? HIV. They, they did that. They did a study in Africa where they took like a, a few hundred people in like a fucking straight up uh, place in Africa where it was like one out of every four people had AIDS. Right. And they proved that circumcising them was stopping the transmission of AIDS because there's not as many breaks in the foreskin, so it's not as easy to transmit the disease. But we were talking about a third world country where yeah. they're not cleaning their bodies. We don't live in, in that same type of poverty or, or fucked up like disease. Yeah. It's if you look at any of the justifications for circumcision, they're all super weak. It's like, well, you can't get cancer in, in your foreskin or something like that. And you're like, yeah. And if you just lopped off chicks' breasts, they can't get breast cancer. Yeah. But we're still not going to just preemptively be like, let's just fucking start castrating people. Yeah. I, it changes I, the sensitivity of your dick. Your dick's supposed to be sure. slippery at the top. Meanwhile, you pull that foreskin away, it just dries up like an old piece of gum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it happens, they fuck up their dicks to circumcision, they get the infection, and then they say, all right, well, now you can have a baby with no dick and have it be a boy, or we can sexually, sexually reassign it to be a girl. And kids find out years later that they were born a boy, and that's why that happened. There's actually a famous case. There's a famous case about that where they did a botched circumcision. The kid's penis was removed, and then they decided to give him a sexual reassignment, and everyone was fucking terrified of it. It didn't work. The kid became massively, massively depressed, and then wound up committing suicide uh, as an adult, and just just felt robbed of reality, you know? By what? By some crazy, stupid, avoidable ritual? Are you going to cut baby dicks because you think it looks better? Mm. And and in the best case scenario, even when all that shit doesn't happen, you're torturing a baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how else could you describe well, it? Idea you're not told, using Novocaine. Right. You're not like numbing this at no, all. They do the local. Yeah, local but I'm saying like you're not. But if anyone, if you ever hurt. had a surgery like that, and they were like, oh, we're just going to put some local Doggy. anesthetic. I mean, like no one does it must that. It's sting like so bad. Oh, you're dude. so sensitive. You don't even know what pain is. You're a little tiny one day old person. What someone's cutting your dick already? Like, what kind of a world have I mom, been? They from? want to be helping us their mom's breast. They want to be feeding with their mom. They want the love right now. That's what they're supposed to get. And you take them and you fucking mutilate them. Who knows what type of switch you turn on in that fucking baby's head in that moment? Yeah, you make Jewish people. <laughs> Isn't the rabbi yeah. like suck blood yeah. or something yes. off the dick? Yeah, like every, it's not that every Jew doesn't do that, but there's just like your, some just your not just my family. Family. Yeah, You didn't get your dick sucked by a rabbi. Yeah. I, don't, I might have. Heavy but, duty uh, baby sick dick sucking cult <laughs> version. You it's a, a really crazy though. thing because they, they had to, there was some serious problems with it. Oddly enough, because of herpes. Yeah. Because yes. babies were getting herpes and dying from herpes, from rabbis sucking their dick after they performed this circumcision. And apparently, in some versions of Judaism, it's it's a part of their ritual. The only in religion. Do you think it's that sinister? Be able to have a YouTube video where you're dressed like a wizard talking about <laughs> sucking baby dicks that you just cut. And, well, this is a part of our tradition. But do you think and it's sinister? making an argument. Like, yeah. you're not just in yeah, some... forget about the derogatory term you use for people. It's a retarded idea. It retards logic. You're cutting yeah. a baby dick and sucking on it. Then you're making a YouTube video. <laughs> a rose by any other name, I say. It must be the drugs. They got us thinking crazy shit. Groupy bitches wild enough to suck a baby's dick. Cadillac In other dirty gay news. <laughs> That's not just for gays. <laughs> uh, no, but Grindr was. Lady Gaga. I mean, again, that's not just for gays. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga and her fiancé have ended their engagement. So, she's back on the market, well, that's kids. that's too bad. She <laughs> looks now's good. Now's your chance, So you're Tyler. saying there's a chance. <laughs> she looks better than ever, Tyler. Go for it. I have uh, some kind of pandemic-related stories. Spanish flu. 
I guess I'll kind of tail off of the end of our coming out stories, as dirty as they are. Oh, the plague doctors. <laughs> I've read up on them. I like them a lot. I always like the look and aesthetic of right? it. Right? Well, it was. it's interesting because the reason why they did it, like I've seen these before and I was like, this is weird. What's with this bird man thing? It's like spy versus spy. Yeah, it totally <laughs> looks like spy versus spy. That's probably honestly where they got it from, Tonya. I think you're 100% right on that. Uh, <laughs> but for the listeners out there who cannot see the image that I sent. It's a picture of these dudes in these long beaked, what is it? I think they're actually calling a horn, but. Yeah. They kind of look like like a, a crow head on a human body. Exactly. So back in the 17th century, physicians who tended to plague victims wore a costume that has since taken on a sinister overtone. They covered themselves head to toe and wore a mask with a long bird-like beak. The reason behind the beaked plague mask was a misconception about the very nature and dangers of the disease. So they essentially loaded these nostrils on the beak with different scents. (laughs) <laughs> so the <laughs> I guess they were thinking talk about social distancing yeah right <laughs> it says plague doctors filled their masks with theric which is a compound of more than 55 herbs and other components like vapor flesh powder cinnamon myrrh and honey va- va- vapor flesh powder what the fuck is it they probably smelled amazing I mean, it probably smells better than the death and decay. Oh, I'm sorry. Viper flesh, not vapor flesh. Viper flesh powder. Also, what the hell is that? (laughs) I murdered this cloud. Vapor flesh. (laughs) Or you just murder somebody that that vapes. (laughs) There's plenty of that now. It was thought to the beak shape of the mask would give the air sufficient time to be cleansed cleansed before it hit the doctor's nostrils and lungs. However, they found out that was really wrong because the plague was transmitted from bacteria. (laughs) This article was from Nat Geo and it was kind of interesting because they're listing off three of the most horrific plague pandemics that swept across the globe. The first plague was called the Plague of Justina. I believe that's how you pronounce that. It killed up to 10,000 people a day. Oh, was that all? Yeah. <laughs> and that was... Just, just pittance. Right. That was in 561 AD. Then the Black Death was another plague, <laughs> which wiped out a third of Europeans between 1334 and 1372. Uh, so like about a 40-year time span. And then it continued intermittently until 1879. Which is crazy. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> How long is that? Uh, 1334 and intermittently until 1879. So that's 500 and something, 540 years, basically. So that's a long motherfucking time. And then the, <laughs> the third <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a technical term for it. <laughs> the third pandemic, yeah. which ravaged much of Asia between 1894 and 1959. So that is, what, 70 years? 170 years, I'm sorry. So, I yeah. mean. Sounds about right. Coronavirus could last a couple weeks. It could last 500 years. <laughs> or it could be a part of our life cycle now that we have a, like a surge like the flu yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. I just had a little cancer. Just a, no. just a taste. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's, it's funny because I remember back when I was younger, I used to do like kind of 
cosplays and costumes and go to like cons and like Halloween stuff like that. I'd I'd create costumes for various events. And at one point, I looked into making a plague doctor outfit. Oh yeah. Um, and so I started researching about them, but yeah, like the whole smelling salt things, like they were breathing in poison air. <laughs> like they, I was like, obviously that's not it, but like in a way it was cause they actually, they found that they did have lower infection rates, but it was cause they also, in addition to the masks with the smelling salts, not salts compound. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of their outfit was also usually uh, like, you know, a robe with gloves and completely covered like, like head to toe. And so it's like they were in a way physically creating a barrier between them and everything around them. Granted, it you know wasn't perfect because it wasn't like a sealed environment, but they did. That's the reason they kind of kept doing it because they're like, oh, well, we wear this and we're not getting sick. Like we're not getting sick as much as everyone else is. So they that perpetuated the whole look right, and that feel of it because it, it did kind of work in a way, <laughs> of the, but not of entirely. the white jumpsuits we see now that just zip up. I was gonna front. say it's a, yeah, it's like a it's yeah. the the prototype of the hazmat suit. <laughs> just yeah, basically wasn't uh, fully tested. They, just, they didn't know exactly what they were doing <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or what they were fighting against. They were just like, oh, the air is the air is a poison, so we gotta purify the air with inhaling these wonderful little things like cinnamon and honey. <laughs> and vapor flesh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> vapor flesh. <laughs> vapor. <laughs> New vapor flesh. I mean, before this, we were just sacrificing people and throwing them down a pyramid. So, I, I mean, I guess it's... Yeah. Everything's progress. I mean, they make more every day. It's true. Yeah. There's plenty of them that I'd like to throw down a pyramid myself. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if we could just bring that back. <laughs> Bring it back. Look who's back. Going back to sacrificing. Back again. Yes, it is back. Bubonic plague. <laughs> <laughs> it's so irresponsible what's going on right now. It's a real yeah. bummer. Yeah, it's it's funny because I've seen like a lot of you know, a lot of places are shutting down where a lot of people gather and but you keep seeing posts about like churches like, oh no, this is like a test of your faith in God that you can come here and you'll be fine. It's like no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. The Don't thing is, 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 um, you know, it's kind of all cool in the gang right now. We're all having like a honeymoon, but in the mm. next two months, fuck. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you look at the pictures of people escaping Europe right now, and the pictures are from the floor looking up three or four rather sets of escalators jam-packed full of people standing in line between four and a half and seven and a half hours. That and is not social distancing. Here. How the fuck does yeah. that make sense? I mean, yeah. it's 2020. We're not talking about Barbara Wawa, motherfuckers. This is like, this is irresponsible. I don't like... Yeah, well, it's, it's like... Even at Costco, it's like, you know, it's like they're saying, you know, keep your distance from people. But you go to Costco and there's just all these people stacked on each other buying up goods. Like, guys, this is the opposite of what you're supposed to do. I mean, the first thing Julie did was like, well, you can't buy Perel? Fuck it. We'll make that shit. It's just, and we'll put the ingredients online. It's only like so much rubbing alcohol and so much aloe vera gel. But the crazy thing about that is the low lives who know that are buying all that off the shelves. Yeah. So you can't even get rubbing alcohol. Those people are human trash. I cut myself the other day at the computer lab at school and I was like, uh, I need a Band-Aid and an alcohol wipe because I essentially just started bleeding all over the keyboard and that's fucking disgusting, right? So I'm like, I need I need yeah. to clean this. But it took forever for someone to find like an alcohol swab because everything has just been wiped out. Yeah. And again, like... You know, the hoarders are making it, the, those that are vulnerable, 
more at risk just because they're hoarding. The parasites and the scum, you know, they'll plateau out real quick. Yeah. Tanya, you posted an article on Tripace Pod the other day uh, from the New York Times. It says this guy has 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer and nowhere to sell them. He had an Amazon store. Essentially, him and his brother went around and they took a 1,300-mile road trip across Tennessee into Kentucky, filling a U-Haul truck with thousands of bottles of hand sanitizer and a 1,000 packs of antibacterial wipes, mostly from little hole-in-the-wall dollar stores in the backwoods and major metro areas were cleaned out. So they went around and then they turned around and sold. They had posted 300 bottles of hand sanitizer and immediately sold them for between 8 and $70 each. Hey man, don't hate the player, hate the game. They probably read the art of the deal. <laughs> are these the same people that are being investigated and recently donated all the bottles? I'm not sure. I put it in the messenger link here. It was that one that no, you I sent. I think these guys are from Tennessee. Yeah, it said that Amazon pulled his items and thousands of other listings for sanitizer, wipes, and face masks. So did eBay because people were just price gouging other people. Yep. So fucking rude, man. Yep. I mean, it's just yeah, inhuman. It's, just, it's, it's scummy. Yeah. Which is a terrible thing to do. It's like you're just taking advantage of other people's misfortune. Yeah. Everybody's screwed. Let's screw them some more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, most every most of the population will be fine, but we're, we're the reason we're doing these measures is to protect those that are most vulnerable. I think this might be the same guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it is. I yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. the same the Tennessee member. people. So he's so he's donating that now. Well, because yeah, I probably got a bunch of shit for it under deep shit. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't have donated it. He wouldn't have done it in the first place Mm-mm. if his intention oh. was to donate it. He's yeah. only do- backpedaling now. Fucking. He's, he's but, just backpedaling because he got caught, and then he's like, "Oh, you're being a complete scumbag." Right. Oh, but I'm not that bad. But if we know anything about science, it's systemic root cause. And is it this young man or is it the art of the deal? This says that uh, a local church took two thirds of the supply of hand sanitizer and act- antibacterial wipes from the seller who lived in Tennessee, Matt Colvin. Officials from the attorney general's office in Tennessee took the other third of the supply which they will give to the Attorney General's office in Kentucky where some of the products were purchased earlier this month, according to the outlet. Yeah, the problem is, I mean, I, I'm obviously speculating on the guy's motivations. It is a systemic problem of like, yeah, again, the art of the deal, that whole thing, like I'm going to just try to one-up somebody and make some money kind of thing. And that's a very pervasive problem with our society. Mm-hmm. It's because that's kind of the root nature of capitalism is mm-hmm. where you have to take care of yourself. You have to look out for yourself. You have to do everything to maximize your profits and make a great life just for yourself. And there's not like a focus on community, but it's about profit for yourself. I mean, granted, yeah, there are exceptions here and there of, you know, people making money and doing great things with it. But like, I don't know, the whole root, root belief is like, yep, I need to just make money. I need to, I can go buy these things. There's an opportunity. I can sell this at an inflated cost and turn a nice profit. In his defense, he says, I've been buying and selling things for 10 years now. There's been hot product after hot product. But the thing is, there's always another one on the shelf. When we did this trip, I had no idea that these stores wouldn't be able to get replenished. I don't know about that. but Yeah. Because why were you buying them all to turn around and 
say if you're driving out of your way to go get these things, you probably yeah. you know that the fact <laughs> the the fact of the matter is that these things are going to be in short supply. These things are in demand. Yeah, who goes on a thirteen <laughs> a thirteen hundred mile journey? To get something that you think anyone's going to be able to get off the shelf later on, anyways. Yeah, it, it, again, this guy's just trying to cover his butt. Like, right. he's like ah, shit. <laughs> and so, are the are these luxury companies doing this out of the goodness of their heart, or are there like tax breaks? Oh, I'm luxury sure they're getting a... behind Louis Vuitton, Dior to make hand sanitizer at perfume factories. Yeah, yeah I think it's probably made a little bit of both. I don't know if there's any. I I can't say honestly if there's any like money they get kickbacks from for like tax tax wise but you know if anything it's like oh it's just good good press yeah yeah Yeah. if you listen to this episode of the daily but skip ahead to like minute eight there's like a little 10 minute snippet sherry who is this doctor her name is helen chu She's a physician and a researcher in Washington state, which is where the first case of coronavirus was detected in the U.S. back in January. And she and her colleagues see a potential solution to this testing problem in their own work. And she and her colleagues have this big study where they're collecting all these samples from people who are sick and then testing them in the lab for flu and other respiratory viruses. And she was in the middle of collecting samples when the coronavirus arrives in Washington. That is right. So we had this infrastructure in place already, essentially, in the Seattle area to be able to detect early entry of a virus into the city and then to um, to understand how it spread. And that sounds like it would make her very well positioned to do the same thing for the coronavirus. They make their own coronavirus test really fast, and they're ready to go to help the state by the first week of February. But there's one hitch. We had to go through um, regulatory clearance, essentially. We had to talk to CDC. We had to talk to FDA. They don't have the approval to test and then give those results out. So we were at a point where we could test thousands and thousands of samples at very high throughput. But we didn't know what to do when we found a positive. And we had the data there sitting in our lab where we could actually answer the question. And that was frustrating that we could answer it. We had the capacity to answer it, but we couldn't um, move forward. After all, there had been this case in Washington state more than a month earlier, and nobody's had eyes on it. Nobody's been doing surveillance in the community, testing samples. So they're getting more and more nervous. Is there something we're not seeing? Because we're not really testing very widely. February 25th. I mean, the month is almost gone. It's more than a month since that first case. And they finally just said, what we would do is move forward with um, with research testing only. We're going to start using this unapproved coronavirus test that we have and that we believe is very reliable and start testing these samples. So they have a plan to test for the coronavirus. And if they find it, that would mean that they're sitting on information that they're not supposed to have. They're sitting on information that they're not supposed to communicate because of these regulatory issues. Hmm. It's all going to be fine as long as they don't find a case. The group just convenes. They all get on the phone and they talk about ethics at this point. We talk through the ethics of the different options. Keep it to ourselves. Tell public health. Or um, tell the participants. And what we are 
allowed to do was to keep it to ourselves. But what we felt like we needed to do was to tell public health. And so that's what we did. I wonder, had Dr. Chu not broken the rules in this case, how that would have changed how we understand the coronavirus in the Seattle region? Well, we wouldn't have known until the people started dying that there was a problem. And mm-hmm. I think we generally accept that already, that the rules do have to bend, that people th- need to think creatively. And one of the reasons they have to do it, and it was so evident here, was that the larger system, the official responders, the official system in place, couldn't do everything and was faltering. Thinking back to the start of our conversation, those government programs, the National Security Council's health program, for example, hadn't been cut. I mean, how much does that reflect an overall approach to this epidemic? I'm going to stop it there because it, it goes on for a little while more. Yeah. That's crazy. Why why are we going out of our way to oppress this? I mean, I could understand, like, it not meeting FDA and, you know, needing to meet regulatory needs, which is why those regulations were put in place that we all took apart and then the economy went to shit in 2008. Those are put in place to be proactive and alleviate these things from happening. And even if you had some concern about false positive information, you could keep it on the download, work together as a group, and then be like, you know, this is the data we've collected for the last three months. We've actually been proactive, but, you know, we didn't know 100% if this was going to work or not. But, like, we should all be collaborating and working together. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it should be something like expedite. Like, you know, it's like, okay, this, we need to really make sure this is good and then let's get it out there and start doing it i mean well like- they they did that with um the e-cigarettes because they flaunted it in front of the fda as an alternate you know uh, a solution to smoking and look at all the problem that that's caused now and the fda pretty quickly greenlit that you would think something yeah. like this which could prove something like with with actual science behind it to, to piggyback off the concept of like you know if we actually had a proper response i mean you can look at south korea south korea did the right thing they mm-hmm. jumped into action they had things in place ready to go for when these yeah. and they their their mortality rate is i think it's like 0.01 it's like it was like 0.1 percent like it's 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 low like because they they immediately you know saw what was happening they started putting you know proper like prevention methods in into practice and they lowered it by a bunch i don't i can't find the article right now i'm trying to dig it up because i i saw this the other day this says actually singapore was like the model is what they they're using as the model yeah because they had so much like so many systems set in place it says that they have zero deaths they the first case there was january 23rd 2020 and it says that as of sunday march 15th only 14 new cases of the covid virus have been detected and confirmed that a total of 226 cases so far with 105 having fully recovered yeah. So, like, their rate's the best of the worst. Yeah, but the, it, Singapore is also, yeah, it's, it's a lot smaller. It's got a population of 5.6 million, and Korea mm-hmm. has, like, a fi- 51.47 million people. Okay, yeah, so China like, only got control of it because they turned into basically a militarized zone. Yeah. And I've listened to some of the daily podcast on that, and it's disgusting what they've done to their people. It is shameful. Yeah, they well, that's China. fucking be totally ashamed of themselves. That's, that's China. 
And honestly, we're kind of no better because Donald Trump is trying to poach people from Germany who mm. who think that they're close to having a cure because he wants to make it look like America it. solved this issue. And this is fucking crazy. Yeah, well, there's that leaked thing that someone from his cabinet or some of someone on his staff mentioned that he wanted to try to how can you use the coronavirus to his reelection? Like, you know, how can I spin this to make, you know, get my yeah, get my numbers up? Look good. This website, ProPublica.org, is, you know, saying why Korea was, you know, how they scaled their testing for the coronavirus so well. And they quickly had a system that could assess 10,000 people a day uh, where we didn't. That daily podcast that I played the clip from, they also said at the beginning of it that the World Health Organization, WHO, had a recipe for a test that they gave out to all the countries like instantaneous because the World Health Organization monitors all these things. So they have the quickest response time. So they sent out this test, like build your own test, your DIY toolkit to have places make it. And we as a as a government decided that we were going to manufacture our own test. And so the CDC sent out those tests and then those tests were failing so we ignored what the (laughs) who sent out made our own thing that resulted in failures which has resulted in putting us back yeah so it's kind of crazy it's it's a complete failure from the top down that's the big problem it's like oh yep they just fucked up all the way down I like your meme, Tyler. <laughs> I really do touch did my you, face a lot. <laughs> did you see that, Tanya? Tyler sent a, a pie graph. Uh, yeah, it I says, see. I've learned this in the last few weeks. Corona is a novel virus. The mortality rate is estimated around 3%. Coronavirus mm-hmm. is transmitted much like flus. The elderly and those compromised immune systems are most susceptible. Those are all like... I don't know what, like an eighth of the the pie chart. And then I'd say like about three quarters of it says, I fucking love touching my face. Uh (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Don't touch your face. I can't not. My grandma goes, well, it's just like the flu. I was like, no, the flu, you have maybe 1% immortality rate. This is at 3%. That's like a fucking huge number. Well, that's what it was at. What is it now? It depends on the area. Oh, okay. I think on a whole, it's three. Yeah. It says 3.4 mortality rate estimated by the WHO. Uh, the mortality rate in China is 3.8 nationwide. That's a big fucking number. The death rate I mean, among patients deaths. admitted yeah. to the hospital is 15%. Days, first symptoms, two death, 14 days. Yeah, so This crazy. country just cannot stand to feel bad. We have to make a joke out of everything. We all think we're great comedians, sarcastic, and... I'm pretty funny. Yeah, but you're not sarcastic. <laughs> you're smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I mean, we can all be sarcastic, you know? I mean, every actor can play an angry villain because it's easy, but, like, to be, like, it's just... Yeah. No, it's a, it's a shit it's, show. Nobody wants to feel bad. That's the rub. So yeah, like, I think everyone making jokes and memes about it is just people's way of coping mechanisms to an uncertain future because we're not getting a, a clear message of what's coming, what we need to, you know, prepare for, and people are kind of just running amok, and then people, you know, I tend to joke 
when I'm uncomfortable with something, I'm like, oh, I'll make a joke out of it. Ha ha ha. It's okay. Ha ha ha. Kind of thing. I totally right, yeah. agree. Yeah. The thing that worries me is that half these idiots voted for this impeached president. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they'll vote for him again. The turnout numbers are the same as they were for the uh, primaries. I think I'm going to have a gangbang with those two masculine koalas. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we'll get lucky and all the dumb old white guys that vote for Trump the first go will get just wiped out with this coronavirus. And we got a chance, yeah, guys. Well, we don't got forget a about their white wives. No. I mean, yeah, again, I hope. <laughs> no, actually, I don't know. I'll say that. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. Yeah, at the same time, it's like, you know, we look at the the voter turnout of, like, the primaries. Like, it was just, like, as the same, if not lower, than it was with, like, the youth yeah. vote. Because the youth vote is just not there. They keep being, like, socially active online. But when it comes time to actually they, vote, they don't yeah. fucking go. They're like, can't I just have an app for that? Yeah, exactly. And it's, I, I don't know. I know it's different in every state. But it's like, here in California, it's like, dude, I got some friends to register to vote after Trump got elected. Because they were like, fuck, this is crazy. We need to do something about it. And I got them to vote absentee. Because you can just get your get your ballot weeks ahead of time. You can just drop it in the mail. It's free. Yeah. And you're done. Like, yeah. bam, you voted. Yeah, come on, guys. Just follow through. <laughs> and then, like, a bunch of the people that registered voted didn't vote in the primaries. I'm like, guys... You you got to be involved in the process. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. But again, systemic and root, how much of that is how much money we stuff in the psychology of marketing and how much of this is laziness? Because I, I don't think it's the same. Uh, I love these lazy Saturdays. It's Wednesday, Homer. <laughs> Work! And I don't think it's fair. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucked up. I found an article of, regarding the thing you spoke of earlier that Governor oh, Newsom yeah. has turned over 286 buildings <laughs> and properties at no cost in order to house the citizens. It says that, what are the buildings? They're going to be undeveloped lots, fairgrounds, armories, and other government buildings. But it says that... California, 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 California. <laughs> Homelessness is the California. Mo- <laughs> uh, <laughs> of coronavirus. <laughs> See, because you're smart. Don't touch your eyelids. Don't touch your eyelids. <laughs> but it says. Homelessness in the most populous U.S. state has soared to around 151,000 individuals, with 41,000 of those being chronically homeless over a long term. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. I Again, they, they, that was just announcement today, so it's just like... Yeah, it's fresh, fresh uh, March. But then I went and watched the video that I just oh, sent, yeah, you, sent, sent you about Newsom doing the press conference. He says, let's call it what it is, a disgrace that the richest state in the richest nation is failing to properly house, heal, and humanely treat so many of its own people. Yeah. And it says that uh, the state said they would also offer, he's allowing some exemptions from the state's stringent environmental regulations so that the homeless shelters can be built more quickly, speeding up the process and reducing red tape. You know, speaking of depressing stories, since that's all we're doing right now, yeah. is I listened to, what is that show called? Inside of You? 
You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, yeah. The podcast. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. Dane Cook was on there. And Dane Cook was one of those guys that was like in the background of like my party days. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just raunchy and sarcastic. He is funny and he is smart, but predominantly he's making his money just being really sarcastic. I was hesitant to listen to the episode because I was like, eh. but I'm really glad I did because, well, it's kind of double edged. He, he had this really fucked up thing happen to him. His... Was it his half-brother, Julie? Yeah, it was his half-brother. He was his manager, and he was paid $12,000 a month. And at the pinnacle of this guy's career, he's starting to get movie deals one right after another. He's got these huge stadium shows, and he finds out he's broke. Yeah, he was he was paying him $12,500 a month. And he's like, broke? Mm. How the fuck can I be broke, bro? And come to find out, his bro, which he called his bro, not his half-bro, not his step-bro, his bro and his sister-in-law were pocketing all of his money. Yeah, they were embezzling his money. So, like, Dane Cook was worth millions of dollars, and he had nothing. He had to take this fucking cocksucker to court... But he made all of his money back. He pulled his money out of 401k because it was the only money they weren't able to touch. That was in 2010. Yep. And he negotiated the price of merchandise and renting out these giant arenas. And it was like $70,000 to rent out and then, you know, all of the other costs. And he had so much money in his 401k. But I mean, when you're making millions, this is still a huge risk, right? Mm. And he... Paid to have this done. I think he did 12 shows and recouped all of his money back. But I just, I couldn't. And it really fucking broke his ass. And I'd kind of seen some pictures of him like maybe a year ago. And he'd gained like a lot of weight. He, you know, he dramatically changed aesthetically. And I thought, huh, that's fucking weird. And a part of me wanted to be like, well, that. I was kind of a jackass in new ways, but I never, I never did that. I just kind of was like, that's odd. Yeah. And then in listening to this podcast, I was like, holy fuck, this is totally crazy. But in the podcast, he ended up being really ca- candid about like his personal life and he didn't come from a good place at all. And here, here I went from thinking I have literally nothing in common with this person to, wow, I have more in common with this guy than I ever could have thought in a million years. And because of this tragedy, I now know that. And, you know, it's just like, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, that's kind of why I like listening to, like, interview podcasts, just because you do get these random perspectives of people you kind of like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, there's actually a rich tableau to a per- the person that you are. And that's, I think that we all, we all should realize that. Yeah, we may just write, you know, I, I Dane Cook, I, yeah, yeah, I remember him back in the day. I remember his stand-up. His stand-up wasn't for me. Yeah. And I remember him in that movie I love, Awaiting. He was pretty yeah, good yeah. in that. He was like the one psycho chef that, like, pulls a knife on the new guy kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, that does he make sense. He was funny in that. It's like, oh, okay, I like him. And then he showed up in, what was that, uh, Ryan Reynolds? He's in that movie, I think it's Ryan Reynolds. It's called uh, it's Life or something like that. And he's he's pretty good in that as well. Let's check that and out. I remember seeing him like, why does he look familiar? Why does he look familiar? Then all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, it's Dane Cook. <laughs> so, like, he's still out there acting and doing stuff. Oh, yeah. He, he 
financially rebounded because he's fucking wicked smart. But man, emotionally, man, it, it changed everything for him. I just, I just felt so much compassion for him. And I just was, I mean, if, if somebody would have told me that I would be having this conversation 10 years ago, I would have laughed him into next Tuesday. And I just was like, damn. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like the little things you learn about people all of a sudden just completely change your perspective on them. There's a new podcast I've started listening to called uh, Bullseye. That one's uh, produced by NPR and with injunction with Maximum Fun Network, which is another podcasting network that a lot of podcasts I listen to are on. Oh, okay, what's it called? Bullseye. Yeah, Bullseye. It's with uh, Jesse Thorne. He's kind of I, I've I've heard of him here and there, and I can't remember where I placed him. I think I just might remember him from just when I used to listen to a lot more NPR instead of podcasts, and then I just switched over to NPR and pod. And mm, just, that's the way to go. Podcast. That's my kind of man. Yep. <laughs> I used to use my radio. Oh, that's cool. There's a there's quite a bit of that's cool. So it's just an interview podcast. Yeah, like basically brings on somebody and they kind of just talk about what they're doing. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of episodes. Like the one from March third, the songwriters with uh, Kristen Anderson, Robert Lopez, and Robert. Oh, okay. Lopez. Yeah, that one's really good. And then there's the really good one, which uh, Maria Bamford was another great episode. Um, and then they actually had Steve Buscemi on it as well. I fucking love him. Back in February. Yeah. Oh, cool. This is, there's like a cartoonist, Linda Berry, jazz vocalist, Gregory Porter, Annette Benning, a lot of really Annette cool, Huey Lewis. What? <laughs> Huey Lewis is rad too. Yeah, there's a lot of cool people that show up on this. I just, I just kind of stumbled upon it because I think it was recommended on another podcast. I'm like, oh, I'll check that out. That sounds interesting. And then all of a sudden I started listening. I'm like, oh, shit, this is actually yeah, really I'll good. I'll add that to my, so my if you feed. Like, yeah, because it's kind of nice yeah. to listen to different people's different stories. Huey Lewis is like the Tom Hanks of music. He's he's a cool dude. I smell a Segway coming. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, Tony, do it. <laughs> Speaking of Tom Hanks, <laughs> we were listening to The Daily. I don't know if you subscribe to that podcast, but it's pretty cool because it's like little snippets. They're usually like you would love the 20 Daily. to 40 minutes. It's uh, put on by The New York Times, mm -hmm. but they've they've been having regular coverage for the election, regular coverage for the virus, regular shit news, regular shit news, regular shit news. <laughs> so today, March 15th, they posted a special episode and it's the... Yeah. You know, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, both have the coronavirus yeah. and they're in Australia, I guess, right now. All the married to fucker Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Daily put out a special episode and it's someone reading an interview that was written by the Times writer Taffy Broder Ackner. Totally butchered her name. And basically... It was just like how down to earth Tom Hanks really is. Like it's not a show. He's actually just a good person that happens to be a really good actor. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of interesting too because like you don't really hear a lot about Tom Hanks because I mean there's no drama to hear about Tom Hanks. Yeah. And one of the things that I liked that was illustrated in the article was they said, you know, Tom Hanks isn't one of those people that we've heard say it was a different time then, <laughs> you know, like he's just always been a good person. And his backstory yeah. was kind of interesting to hear 
but it it was you know she she's a reporter and she's dealt with a lot of actors and they'll kind of flake on her show up four hours late just be like she was definitely giving contrast of her experience with him and like her worst movements with other people that at the same level or lower quite frankly Mm -hmm. the one kind of cool thing about tom hanks is that he's very candid about what would be a perceived mistake or what in normal terms would be called development (laughs) and his first marriage you know they got a divorce there was a first marriage yeah and uh the way he went about raising his first two children based on what he understood from being basically in a broken home himself mm-hmm. wasn't so great in contrast to the Tom Hanks who had children with Rita after he was very established and confident and everything was moving forward. One of his sons from his previous marriage has had deep struggles with drug addiction and you know, at the end of the day, the family still sticks together, and that's what should speak loudly. Yeah. 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 It was, it was cool too. She said when she had an interview with him, she was not feeling well, and he was just very like there for her, which is like this total mm-hmm. stranger, and he could have just ignored her, you know, let her stifle it down, but he like actually cared about this person, this young female mother. They happened to be like, weren't they in like Colorado or something strange? They were in a high elevation area. Yeah, it was a high altitude area. Altitude sickness. Mm. And he rearranged his schedule to meet with her. And he was so concerned about her that he made himself openly available so she could catch a flight in time to get back to her family. Because, you know, say what you want to about reporters... If for every fake reporter out there, or let's even say 50 fake reporters out there, if there's a hardworking, honest reporter out there that gives you facts. Yeah, an actual journalist. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, these are those folks, and it's starting to grind on them. And, um, you know, she embarrassingly admitted that she had a kind of a breakdown in front of him. And... um you know, thank God for people like these. It's just yeah. yeah. It's, it's again like it, it's funny. I haven't seen it yet, but like him playing Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. in the new Mr. Rogers uh, biopic. Yeah, or biopic, depending upon who you talk to. Oh. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like oh, we picked the perfect guy because he's basically he's basically Fred Rogers in real life. Yeah, you know what was interesting is they do speak to that in the in the podcast because. You know, he was kind of like, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, because I was in the other room. It was a struggle for him to play Mr. Rogers because, you know, he was like, Mr. Rogers is so present and he Mm. doesn't, he's not embarrassed or ashamed to slow everything right down and to look you right in the eyes and to Mm -hmm. listen to you and to give you feedback off of what you heard. And he said it was such a fucking struggle. <laughs> and, you know, as an actor, you have to find a tempo and a speed. And it doesn't, just because you're a good guy doesn't mean you can just play Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers definitely, yeah, like you said, like has a very unique sound. Like, you know, trying to imitate him right now. It's it's a very, like, yeah, slow very, paced, yeah. methodical, very aware of what's going on and p- choosing his words wisely. 
as opposed to just trying to, to just rush through sentences bleh. like most of us do. <laughs> just like, I gotta get this thought out of your ears. Bleh. Mouth. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> Let me regurgitate my, my my thought bubble on your face. <laughs> I just sent you guys a shot. today. Tom Hanks posted. Thanks to all the helpers. Let's take care of ourselves and each other out there. Oh, Vegemite. So oh, no Vegemite. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, we put. I'll put the link to that episode of the daily below he said hanks, hanks. <laughs> it's like it's like saying thanks, thanks again at the hanks. end do you know what was the coolest thing huh this motherfucker is related to the lincolns oh yeah that was kind of interesting oh really yes huh. his abraham lincoln's wife and that doesn't sound good for a podcast he's the third cousin of president lincoln so it, it comes from an earnest place yeah and guess what everybody can do it you know my life philosophy has always been kind of like, it's just, life is easier if you're just kind of cool to each other. Like, if, you're, if I'm cool right. with you, you'll just, be cool with me. We're cool. Like, just be nice and compassionate and give a shit about each other. Yeah. And talk. Communicate. Yeah. Have dialogue. It says Lincoln was born in, born on February 12th, 1809 to Thomas Lincoln and Nancy Hanks. There you go. Yeah. Nancy Hanks died when... Abe Lincoln was nine years old, oh. and he had one older sister who died at childbirth the age of 20. Yeah, that's how he's related. Hmm. You know, back in the day where a handshake meant something, like, I'm not going to get dysentery or the fucking bubonic plague, the Spanish flu. Well, yeah, you'd still pass stuff around back then. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you, sh- that's why, that, that's got to be where that comes from, a handshake. It means your meat paws are clean. Yeah, meat paws are clean. That and also it's symbolic of I mean, you know, harm. It's like there's different forms of handshakes. Like there's the closed palm, like that you know we're used to. When you go up, you grab the other person's palm, you shake it. It's a sim- symbolic reference that I bear no arms or weapons against you. We are friends. And the same thing, different cultures would uh, grab each other's wrists. So like you'd be checking to see if they had a hidden blade or had a weapon against you. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was a show that <laughs> I trust you and I, I bear you no ill will kind of thing. What about when an impeached president shakes your hand and it like fucking rips you out of your seat? <laughs> it's a power move. Fred Rogers and Tom Hanks are actually related as well. Mr. Rogers and Tom Hanks are six <gasps> cousins. Damn. All right. There's just a, a line of cool people coming out of that family bloodline. Right. Um, speaking of Colin Hanks, I really like Colin Hanks. He's a great actor. That's uh, Tom Hanks' son. Yeah, he's really an actor. He's really in great. Um, one of his he's Fargo funny. and Dexter and Life in Pieces. Life in Pieces was actually really good. I like that a lot, and I really like what the, is it? Uh, Life in Pieces. I don't think I've seen that. I think what is it no. streaming on? Because I, I saw like a couple seasons of it. Cause I think they had it on Netflix. Is this his kid that looks like him? Yeah, it looks a lot yeah. like it looks like a young okay. version of it. It's, it aired on CBS originally. He's a cutie. Oh, He's okay, smart. it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay, that must have been where I saw it. It's good. I enjoyed it. It's kind of I'll wholesome and funny and cute. That's right. We'll have to check that out. We're gonna recommend that you watch the L Word because it is also now on Hulu. You can watch Sweet. a lot of hot lesbian sex. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what's kind and of and the funny drama is, I was talking to my cousin about that and uh, the original L Word. My cousin and I love queer as folk. Mm. We like the Brit version. We like the American version. And I came to realize he had never seen the L word. Like women just do a deep dive into all of these masculine things. And it's not 
typically reciprocated. Now, Julie and I have the good fortune of being surrounded by lovely men who are very well advanced. But every now and again, you kind of experience this and you think, oh, well, fuck, no wonder you guys don't understand certain aspects of women. And while that show is not like the best show on the face of the planet, it it's a bit of like dynasty and maybe not necessarily always the best representation of homosexuality for women, but in a certain way it was. Mm. And it, um, did, it did hit a lot of, it wasn't like the best show, but honestly, most gay culture <laughs> things aren't the greatest they're anyways because they're not getting supported. and It's not represented well. It's more, it's played as a token thing on a lot of shows. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. But because they did have a little bit of a budget, they had to hit as many stereotypes or you know just the minu- different minutiae and idiosyncrasies of people. Yeah, the archetypes. Yeah. And you weren't always on board with everybody that you were seeing, but you were seeing everybody at once. Mm. And now having had seen Orange is the New Black, which every woman damn near on the face of the planet watched the first two seasons of that before Julie and I did. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's it's kind of the same show. You get to see like all these really super dense female characters. You also get to see some very old telephone technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Such a wonderful time with Nokia. Those were the golden days. Exactly. Make America great again. Bring back Nokia. That's actually funny because Tanya was like, what the fuck kind of phone is that? I was like, dude, that's a Nokia. Oh, that's a Nokia? <laughs> I was and just, they had like the original Razor, oh, I think amazing. it was. I was just pulling that one out of my butt out of random. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's an old phone? No, good, no, good you, job. Good job. You hit it dead on. The cool thing about the L word, like I said, you know, a lot of a lot of gay culture, it's not supported. It's not not well represented <laughs> or show. I mean, yeah, they don't get funding. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody who's willing to go and put themselves out there to make a production for the LGBTQ RSUV uh, group, LGBTQ um, plus, just, yeah, <laughs> that's the quickest way. Just exactly, just blanket. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> so anybody who's willing to do that is really taking a risk. And, and I mean, it's just going to have kinks in it because we haven't been doing it no. for so long, you know. But the cool thing about the L Word, the first series that aired in 2004, it was like the first time this kind of thing was out there. And it really did represent everybody did Mm -hmm. it really did attempt to appease everybody and that was really cool so that came out in 2004 and recently this year they released like the original cast came back and like together as a cast they put it out there and they got financing to make a new version it's called the l word generation q Mm. and you know it's really cool that they did it because we, we're we living in a time where we're just like where it's okay to shit on people who aren't the same as you. We have a president who doesn't support yeah. our group of people or any marginalized group. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's it's just kind of cool. So we're watching it, you know, to support it and whatever. Um, they just got signed up for a second season. Yeah. Given the number numbers bump they need. Yeah. But we're, we're watching the old episodes. Yeah. And it's like. I'm all, wait, what's happening? Yeah. 
Because it's a lot of stuff that I'm unaware of, you know, but yeah, we are watching all the old episodes. If for no other reason alone, if you want to understand the dynamics of marginalized people and women and families and like something as awful as breast cancer, Mm. that's the show to watch. Yeah. Yeah, they really represent a bunch of different things. There is a relationship dynamic in that show that is so perfect and so well written that it could be two bananas and pajamas together and you'd <laughs> still be stairs. like, oh, fuck, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Bananas and pajamas are coming down the stairs. <laughs> it's just... You know, you can finally understand what that means all in one fail swoop if you get that far in in the episodes. And I I highly recommend it. But it's been kind of fun watching them. Nice. But it's nostalgia. And... The, the technology is amazing. I'm like, oh, look at that old-ass Mac. Yeah. Oh, look at that old-ass phone. <laughs> yeah. It's very much a product of its era. Right. And it was it was so advanced at the time. Which, by the way, those are the monitors I have still to this day. I had to have a... I had to buy a special the, yeah, the adapter to make them work. The old, uh, what, VGA? No, it's uh, it's one step above. It's the, the first Apple displays. The easels. Oh, okay. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that looks like. Because last apples, I remember the old ones. I just remember them being like a. I have an VGA. easel, and I have one that was made before the easels that like nobody knows about. Mm. And I, I yeah, got the one Apple of those Cinema too. monitor. Cinema. It's not theater. It's a cinema. Looks like that. This is my favorite monitor because it's really soft. Okay, yeah, I remember that one. I've seen that one before. Yeah, it's like early flat screen essentially. Yeah, because yeah. the LEDs, it's like laser beams in my face. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Shooting laser beams. To piggyback real quick on mm-hmm. the inclusion and like well-applied use of representation of minority communities, it reminded me of there's a show on Netflix called Dragon Prince. It's uh, kind of a fantasy comedy animated series. And it, it's nice because there's a, in the third season, there's these two queens that basically rule a kingdom and they are married and it's just played straight like it's not like oh they're lesbian like oh check this out they're you know oh, two right, women right. that are it's married just... they have a daughter as well it's just like no this is just oh, everyone funny. just treats it like normal like and that's how it should be it's like you know this is a uh, animated series that was created by the same people who made avatar the last airbender okay and if anyone's ever seen that that is a series that's definitely worth watching and this one's shaping up to be a really good one too i'm i've been enjoying it that's it's definitely cool. a lot in the same vein, but like Avatar The Last Airbender was like probably the best animated series I've ever seen. Okay. Like hands down. Like storytelling okay. wise, animation wise, it was kind of done like a American anime where it's like a story that, you know, goes episodically and it goes over three okay. seasons and the character arcs That's are cool. really cool. But it's really hard to find because it doesn't really stream anywhere. So I end up having to buy it for like 30 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> oh. Can we borrow? Damn. Can we check these out? Yeah. Yeah, I, I got it on a Blu-ray. Oh, what's that other show that we're watching right now on Hulu, Julie? Was Zoe oh, Kravitz? Oh, yeah. Uh, you should check out High Fidelity. Have you seen that? I, f- I think I've seen it go by on Netflix. It's uh, Hulu. The movie's great, but this show's cute, too. Let's see. High Fidelity, Zoe Kravitz. Here, I'll send you a link, to Because you have Hulu, right? Yes. I never use yeah, it. Yeah, you should totally watch this. <laughs> Dropping 10 bucks a month on it. I know, right? That's We weren't really watching it either, and then all of a sudden all these great shows popped up on Hulu. Uh, so yeah. we've been kind of doing that a lot. 
I'm going to ask Tyler the question that I don't want to forget to ask him about the Xbox. <laughs> yeah. From 2005. Yep. Yeah, so oh, we went down. Let me dig. Okay, 2005. I was back. 21. Okay, I had graduated high, high school in 2002, 2000, 2005. I was at college at Hartnell. I was getting high under a tree in the main quad, playing hacky sack and taking <laughs> art classes and English classes. And sci- oh. oh, I took photo too. I took science classes. Maybe we do well. want to put this in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, throw that in there if you want. <laughs> oh, I took every astronomy class available because I love that class. And I, I think I took it again one more time later on in my career at Hartnell. That's because funny. I just wanted to take it. I took it for I took it no credit. I sent you pictures of Galileo's grave. Galileo. Like I annoyed him in Italy. I sent him all kinds of pictures and oh, yeah, that's I right. just yeah. Galileo. Galileo. <laughs> Much appreciated. So we whipped out the Xbox 360 because we have that Rocksmith game. So that's really the only reason why we have this thing <laughs> in the first place. It's the one that teaches you how to play the guitar for real. Yeah. As opposed to like Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah. And so I turned it on and it was like, you need to update your shit. So I updated it, put it in. It said you could play the bass. There was an update to learn how to play the bass. And I like mm. kind of always wanted to play I the bass, but it wasn't ever available. Um, and Tanya was like, oh, I think I might do better mm. with the bass than the guitar. And so I went and I updated it and we ended up going and getting a cheap bass for her to learn how to play but it said that we were out of memory okay can you put more memory in those or do you have to use like a flash drive or something i think i have to look it up right now this is the xbox 360 right i highly recommend Uh, this mm -hmm. bass thing if you have any interest in learning music this is the way to go yeah, if you um, I tried to, to learn, learn banjo at one point, but I got fat fingers, and I'm not that. Co- I'm good at video games, apparently, because I can use my thumbs. But when oh, it comes to like using the rest good. of my that's hands, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> rest of my fingers, they're they're just like dildos, just flopping around. Yeah. On, I'm on in tool free hand. zone. I know nothing of this, but <laughs> I think you might like the bass over the guitar, just because doing this, I kind of understand. I was playing banjo. It has. Because it's the, the upwards yeah. strumming. Yeah, it's it's better for larger fingers too. The the, yeah. it, the strings are spaced out more and, and like it just better for sausages. It's like Simon <laughs> on Overdrive. It's amazing. Now you're playing Simon. Call back to our last episode. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of TriPace Pod. Look forward to hearing our voices in your ear holes once again next month. Don't forget to like and subscribe to TriPace Pod on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud because it stimulates the dopamine production in our brains every time you do. You can creep on us from afar at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at TriPace Pod. And of course, check out show notes, contact information, and buy merch at TriPacePod.com. And as always, you're stories poop, poop, poop. i think i think this story has made a round no <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want me to tell it i mean you can but i think it might be in our previous recording i don't know tyler will have to be the deciding factor uh, uh-oh <laughs>
years of cannabis use has brought me to this moment <laughs> of this absolute is, dread. <laughs> this is a test. Starts with a B, ends with a B. Oh shit! <laughs> you're, your you're, you want me to pull something from memory? Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Show me.